Well, welcome everyone to our uh, Ask the Elders segment, and we're glad that you guys have uh, taken the time to look at our uh, recording here and uh, participate in this with us. As we sit around, we have uh, some of our elders here, uh, Larry um, Schleif, Brandon Turk, obviously our pastor, uh, myself, Hoyt Bradley, and Jeff Repass. And we're here to answer a question today um, from one of our church members. And the question is, oh, should have had it ready. To what extent should a Christian show deep emotion or distress or even frustration? Um, and so as we, we briefly talked about that, some things came up. So I want to start with Jeff and just uh, hear what, what your initial thoughts were when we heard that question this morning. I think for myself and maybe even for some of the rest of us, there was a question of context. Um, when we look at this question, are we talking about... Um, questioning God or having an emotion towards God uh, and what does that look like when does that when is too much emotion too much when are we sinning in that emotion expressed to God um, so that was one one way um, I guess one of the one of the things I think about in my own personal life that even even today as we've talked about it, I, I've probably come to some conclusion that maybe I, I should be repenting for some of my my anger because I felt at some point, um, I struggled while my mom was suffering with cancer. Uh, it got to the point where she was so bad watching her basically die before my eyes that I, I reached out to God in my anger probably and in some selfishness. You know, I, I said, make up your mind. You know, take her or leave her. You know, and that, was, that comes from an, an emotional, that's an emotional response to, in my realization, probably from some selfishness. Um, though I don't know that, you know, that emotion, we talked about emotion not being really a bad thing. Um, God's given us these emotions. So I would have been better to handle that emotion in a, in a different way. You know, maybe um, stopping to realize that God had a bigger purpose and to maybe rephrase or redirect my, mm. my emotion in, in a bit of a different way. Yeah. So there's that, I mean... That kind of popped out right away that we had this, we didn't know the context of the question necessarily. And so one of those first contexts was, well, this could be directed towards God. Mm -hmm. you know, and then Larry, you brought up something else. Yeah, when I thought of the question, I, I thought uh, the, the context might be something to where um, you have Paul saying being anxious for nothing. And yet you're going through some emotional turmoil in your life. And, and, and you, look at, you look at David in the Psalms where, uh, like in Psalm 6, where he says, my, my bed is, is sopping wet from my tears. So how do, you, how do you reconcile being anxious for nothing and yet still experiencing those emotions that um, are based on our circumstances, uh, whatever whatever we're facing at a particular time in our life, uh, which does affect us. It, 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 uh, it cuts us right to the core. And, uh, uh, and so we, we, I think we struggle sometimes with um, fully putting our trust in God and, and still experiencing the emotions that God gave us mm -hmm. and uh, how we reconcile those two and, 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 uh, 
mesh those two in our lives is is uh, is what I thought of when yeah. I when I heard that question. Yeah, and that, and that brought up the second kind of points of context, which I mean could be deep emotion, distress directed at God. Could be like you bring up David in David's circumstances. Could be you know we see a lot of from him in regard to his own sin. Correct. Um, but also his enemies continually pursuing him. Um, but then, and then a third thing came out. Brandon mentioned uh, as how this might relate to worship. Yeah, you know, we we're called to rejoice. We're called to to shout for joy and to cry out to God and, and to worship Him out of the overflow of of the redemption within our heart uh, of Christ. And so you see that played out. I think I think you see it in different different ways. You see it personally played out. Um, I think, but I think there's also instruction, and we're not going to get deeply into it today. But there's instruction in Scripture about what a, what an orderly gathering of the believers should look like uh emotions should, still should be uh checked with self-control mm-hmm. and, and i think there's there's oftentimes we we get so so into it where we we cross a line sometimes of of overflow of rejoicing overflow of joy towards god and worship towards god and now it just become and i just like this emotion and now i want more of it and i want to i want it and, and now that becomes pride that becomes selfishness that becomes uh, a lack of self-control and and I'm just there for me. I just want I just want to feel good instead of I I want my the truth that's within me to to bubble over into worship and adoration of God. And certainly when you when you talk about it in the context of of a worship service, you know the, the scriptures tell us that we're to we're to sing songs and spiritual songs and hymns to one another um, that we would edify each other. That we're, we're singing the word of God to one another to encourage and build up the body. So uh, really, when you get to a, a gathering of believers, when you're when you have an orderly service. It's not about you and your feelings. It's about it's about helping others worship God. It's about it's about singing truth of God's word to other people. So that now that shouldn't be done like a funeral dirge at all. I mean that we we're to express deep joy out of the redemption that we have in Christ Jesus. So so if we're if we are if we're on a funeral dirge side of things, we're in the wrong spot. We we don't really we haven't been informed well from the scriptures in our heart of who Christ is and 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 or properly renewed in the in the word. But on the other side, if we go we go too far into worship, too far into emotion, too too far into the own um, overflow, it starts to become more of the selfishness, more of the self centered side of things. So there's there there are lines there, and it really comes down to what's the purpose? What what why are what is my emotion uh, intended to to show? Well, I mean, you mentioned the word intended, right? I, and we've already said things that I think bring us to the truth that. Emotions are given to us by God. These, right. these are not things that we've created on our own. Um, God gave us emotion. God has, in the scriptures, expressed emotion. Um, our problem is that we, we wrongly handle our emotion. We twist our emotion and use it in ungodly ways, whether it be anger, frustration, sadness, um, fear, anxiety. Jealousy. Uh, jealousy, yeah. Uh, all of these things have a godly form. That, that we sometimes have twisted um, and because of sin. Um, we, we have fallen into sin in the world. Uh, but we need to remember, that, and this came up in our discussion as well, that as Christians, we are called to something different. We are called to a different response. Um, and I was thinking about Ephesians 4, 17, where Paul makes this distinction between the un- unbelievers and believers. And, and in fact, the people he's writing to used to be unbelievers, but he's calling them to something different. In, in Ephesians 4, 17, it says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. 
They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Um, and you talked about, when you're in your discussion about the worship, um, you talked about truth. I think that's where this, where we need to bring our emotions to all the time is, is coming back to the truth. Um, because like Paul talked about the futility of the minds of the unbelievers. We have been, as Christians, given the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we have his word. We have the truth. And that's what needs to be brought to bear on our emotions, whatever those emotions might be. Right. We need to, to find a way as Christians to either remind ourselves to come back to the word of God or when we see another believer who maybe is um, handling their emotions in an unrighteous way that we could gently call them back to the truth as well yeah. of who God is. Well, I was told, you know, the, the youth ministry uh, kids, I, I'd say it's like a train. And we mentioned that earlier, but the idea of, of what's, what's pulling all the cars, what's, what's the, what's the powerhouse of our, of our life. And we can let emotion be in there and circumstance and, and let that drive. And, and certainly you look around the world, that's what the world does. We just that, and that, and even that passage you read there, the, the, the unrighteous people behave based on their emotions, what their, what their emotions dictate, what their desires dictate, and they follow that, right? But we're called to follow Christ, and, and our faith in Christ and the truth of God's Word should be the things that are in the front of the engine, right? That's what, that's what pulls this train. Now, it doesn't say we throw emotions out. It just says that emotions aren't first, right? We take emotions, and we hold, we, those thoughts and those desires, we, we make, hold them captive and make it obedient to Christ. And that's, that's so important. I mean, you see, you see all, all these kinds of legitimate emotions in Scripture, Right, we see Job. Right, Job, who was was tested and was sifted as wheat, and he was he was basically taken. Everything was taken from him, and he was lamenting. There's a, the, Job is a whole whole discourse of lament and just crying and, and, and weariness and questioning. And um, and but there's still there's a, there's still a renewal with him. This is a righteous man, right? And so there's a renewal of that. Uh, we saw, we read it earlier, but in Job 27. Job continued his discourse, answering his friend, and said, "As God lives, um, who has deprived me of justice, the, and the Almighty who has made me bitter? As long as my breath is still in me, and the breath from God remains in my nostrils, my lips will not speak unjustly, and my tongue will not utter deceit. I will never affirm that you are right." Talking to his friends, I will maintain my integrity until I die. I will cling to my righteousness and never let it go. My conscience will not accuse me as long as I live. And I, I love that, and we see this also in, in the Psalms all over, but you have this lament. You, you know there's hardship. You know there's ache. He's even saying, God God is the guy who's, who's here, he, and, and he, he, he's still just, but it, this is a difficult situation, but I am still going to, to put my trust in him. Yeah, I'm still going to uh, have integrity. I'm still going to walk, walk in righteousness and never let go. I won't, and, and I like that last part, I won't let my conscience accuse me. Right, the idea of, of being accused like the, is, is really, I won't let my conscience lie to me. Mm -hmm. I won't let my conscience tell me that what's happening to me is wrong and I should be totally angry with God and, and curse God and die like my, my wife did, right? Uh, I, I need to not let my conscience accuse Joe's me. Joe's wife, you mean. Joe's right? wife. No, not my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's wife. So yeah. um, with, with that, you, you, we see all these, these lies can come into our own lives of what we deserve, what, we owe, what we're owed, and we start really taking things personally, and then we feel like, I, in order to feel more comfortable, 
I'm going to let my emotions run for a while and I'm going to go a different way so I don't, I don't feel so bad. Mm-hmm. Where we really, really need to go back to the Word and say, what, what does the truth say? Let's, right. if, if, this is, you know, if, if this is going to, my conscience will accuse me if I'm going to hear lies, where can I go to the truth to renew that and, and go back to what, what is true? What can I hold on to that's true mm-hmm. and, not, and not go down a road of, of lies? Yeah. Well, we, we so quickly and easily um, handle all these emotions wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't quickly enough go to the Word of God. I mean, if I'm anxious, I like to sit in my anxiety. I like to tell people I'm anxious. Um, I, I think about how anxious I am, all those kinds of things. Or maybe it's fear. We sit in our fear and we just think about how fearful we are. And, and we begin to almost feel justified in, in all these things. And, and the idea of the Word of God doesn't even pop into our heads necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially not quickly enough and not quickly enough um you know and i I mean that's why we say misery loves company right i mean we we just like to sit in this in this soup of emotion and instead of coming back to the word of god and saying okay yeah i am feeling this emotion for a reason but what is my response as a christian Mm -hmm. what how do i respond to this emotion um it's even I mean, this is even uh, more of a dangerous thing, you might say, in terms of anger. Um, you know, um, with Cain and Abel, right? What Cain's anger led him to murder. You know, our frustrate, our, our uh, anxiety, um, fear, those kind of things don't necessarily, they could, don't necessarily lead to murder. But an emotion like anger, in, in unrighteous anger, we can lash out really quickly and it can lead to uh, very harsh things like murder. So we need to, as Christians, really be mindful of our anger. Again, that's an emotion God-given. And we see in the Scripture back in that Ephesians passage, a little farther down that I read, uh, is very familiar words. Um, It says in verse 26, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So the Scripture doesn't say we can never be angry. But we need to be angry about what God is angry about. We need to be righteous in our anger. Um, And boy, as human beings... We got to be careful about. Oh, we can even justify our unrighteous anger by saying it's righteous anger because right. we're attributing it to the work of God or something like that. Right. Um, but we need to test where is this where is this emotion coming from? I think one of the good one of the good things about emotion, you know, what is what is repentance? Repentance mm-hmm. is is in my from my perspective is driven from some sort of emotion or it starts there, right? I sin and then I realize. I've grieved the Holy Spirit, and in my in my sorrow for having grieved God, it drives me to my repentance. That being said, if I'm not staying in the truth of the of the Word, or if I'm not looking to the hope that we're that's set before us in our salvation, that grief can oftentimes or yeah turn into a bad emotion, an emotion that would cause me to go into anxiety. Maybe even to the point of where I just say, I'm not good enough. I'm not, not even going to go down the road of repentance, and I'm just going to stay wallowing in my sin. Mm-hmm. But that emotion can, can if, it's, if I'm rooted in God's Word daily, you know, that emotion can drive me to repentance. Mm-hmm. And then as I repent and come back into fellowship with God, that emotion then turns into driving me to reach to others, right? Because 
I've realized what God has done for me. Now I realize that there are people living in futility, as that verse says. That word futility just indicates that he, as he's speaking, he's thinking about how futile they are. And that emotion drives him to reach out to other unbelievers. I mean, we're, we should be driven by compassion and love for other people. And those are good emotions. Those drive us. Well, drive us forward. And I, I like how you said, even even our the things that lead us to re, to repentance. You're right. I mean, it reminds me of Matthew five in the Sermon on the Mount. I, I go back to this a lot. But blessed are the what? The poor in spirit, poor spirit, right? The broken down because of sin. Like they we, they know how desperately in despair they are. And what does that lead them to do? Blessed are those who mourn, right? They they're weeping and it's, and blessed. So happy are those. So it's, there's two emotions there, right? Happy are those who mourn. Well, that's, that's interesting, right? So it's happy are those who are poor in spirit. Happy are those who are mour- mourning. Uh, and then what does that mourning do? And, and here's the key is really, what are we going to do with our emotion? Because I, I can be poor in spirit. And what does the world do when they, when they become poor in spirit and they're desperate and they're, they're, they're totally just like, I, I'm, they're beside themselves. They become depressed. They become depressed. Or, and then what they do? Well, they go, they can find an addiction. They find a, an idol. They find a God. They find something to worship to make themselves feel better. They don't allow themselves to go mourn. Okay, let's say maybe they do. They do mourn. They're weeping. Well, what is the next step? After mourning, when we, when we weep, over the despair and distress that we're in, that the, the, just there's no there's nowhere to go. It leads us to humility. Right? Blessed are the humble, the meek, right? Or the empty, the people who are just say, I, I am. I, I don't have anything to offer God. N- nothing I'm going to do is going to change that that heart's need that's inside of me. So it's a beautiful portrayal of emotion that comes out and leads us ultimately to those hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So that's that repentant heart. That's like I I'm going to now. I need something that was never my own, and I never could find on my own so that that the emotions are wonderful if honed back to the truth of who god is and what in god's word but if they're not they'll they'll lead they'll lead to destruction they'll lead to, to death and despair more despair i think <clears throat> i think that's what uh, david was expressing in psalm 51 you know oh, yeah. uh, re- restore my joy mm-hmm. because i am so distraught over over this whole deal with Bathsheba and Uriah and, and all of that that uh, I just I can't I can't go on this way God you've got to forgive me you know uh, and, and he expresses that in, in Psalm 51 where where uh, purify me and then I'll be white as snow mm-hmm. you know uh, take take this take this sin from me um, and and he, and it did lead to repentance just like you, you're talking about yeah, there is. I mean, the scripture talks about a godly sorrow, mm-hmm. and it is meant to lead us to repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I think, as Christians, we forget that sometimes. We forget that this this Bible is is a tool for our lives. It it has everything we need for life and godliness, uh, and that includes our emotions and how to right. rightly right. handle our emotions. Um, I got I got one here too. The, the idea, just of even thinking of David. I, so what's the godly way to go and handle our emotions? It's kind of what we're leading into. But Psalm 3, and, and this is all throughout the Psalms. I'm just going to pick Psalm 3. Uh, David constantly laments and laments of his foes around him or his circumstances or, or people that are against him that were, were his friends at one time. And he says this, Lord, how, how my foes increase. There, there are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God. And that's, a, that's an accusation. That is a, a, a tense and intense Emotion that says, "Is it is there help for me for God from God?" And, and I think we ask that question sometimes, and that's what, like Job. I think it's okay to question, right? We mm-hmm. we can question and ask that. And I, I said this earlier. We got to be careful how we question, right? Because there, there's an attitude behind our questions, 
And, and if you come to God with an attitude that says, God, who do you think you are? That's, that's a sinful attitude. That's an angry attitude. That, that's saying, God, you aren't sovereign. You aren't God. You're not a good God. I could do this better. But going to God and questioning him and saying, God, who, who are you? Show me who you are. Tell, remind me who you are. Tell me who you are. Let me rest in who you are. That's a whole different story. And he will. He'll, he'll show himself in that way and, and comfort us. So in Psalm, he's saying, my foes are all around me. And they say there's no help for me, right? But then he goes, but, but you, you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And it goes on, the Lord is his salvation. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessings be on your people. Um, what David constantly did in the Psalms and, and modeled this as a lament, the way we approach emotion, was we can have emotion, it's on the table. We say emotions are from God, but how, what we do with those emotions, then are they then godly or not, right? In my anger, do not sin. I want to have righteous anger. And what does David do? He says, you know what, I'm going to renew myself. I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm. I don't understand. I feel helpless. Yet I will praise you. Right. Yet I will. You're the rock of my salvation. Yet I'm going to cry aloud to you because you answer me, Lord. Um, and that's that's a, a wonderful, wonderful truth. Yeah, it's what the scripture describes as a renewing of our minds. Right. He's in that state, whatever it may be, because of his foes, because of his sin, um, and he expresses that. Like you said, it's on the table. But the, those laments always are brought back around to the truth. Mm-hmm. But you, God, or yet you, Lord. Uh, and then there's an expression of that. Um, and so we see that as a pattern all throughout the, the scriptures. And it's, it's yeah. how we should pattern our own lives and our own way of dealing with, with these emotions. And we should encourage one another in that as well. When we see a brother or sister struggling with their emotions, whatever it may be, fear, anxiety, we should bring the word of God to bear on that. We should gently... Um, call them back to a renewing of their mind in the truth right. and not just staying in a place of fear and anxiety over their circumstances because our circumstances will lie to us. We see all this going on and we believe God is not in control. We believe this is wrong, that's wrong. And we need to realize God is in control, absolutely. And therefore, let me see what he says about who mm-hmm. he is and I can have my mind renewed in that. Even, and it doesn't necessarily mean that your circumstances are going to change right away. That you won't still be having a little fear or whatever. But it's a process to bring us back to a place of peace that God, only God can provide. Uh, like the, the verse that you mentioned earlier, Larry, at the beginning, you know, in, in uh, Philippians about anxiety. Um, the whole point there is that uh, the peace of God that passes. Uh, passes all understanding will renew our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But that only comes when we actually will consider God and consider what he said. I can't just sit and process in my own, uh, my own thinking um, of how things are or should be. I need to go back to the truth because the truth of God is often um, different than um, what God's thinking is. Like we, th- we think we got it all figured out, right? But God, is his, his ways are way above ours. Um, this brings us you know, also to that idea of uh, this whole discussion about self-control. Um, that our emotions need to be, we need to be using self-control in our emotions. And that's not easy to say, or it's not easy to do in the midst of it, or at least in the initial time frame of it, 
But at some point, we need to be able to back off. We need to train ourselves, and that also is an aspect of self-control, train ourselves so that when we realize I am angry or I am uh, anxious or I'm in fear or I'm sad, whatever the emotion may be, as a Christian, I need to be able to use self-control and say, okay, wait a second. I need to come back to the Word of God. What does he say? Because uh, the world is not doing that. Unbelievers are not doing that. And we should not, as Paul said, be like the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Those times are past. We now... We have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We can respond differently. And so at some point, we need to bring it back around to that. Sometimes we need to do it really quickly. Um, other times, it may take a little while um, in those times of deep distress. Uh, we know that that can last. Who knows how long those periods were where David was lamenting. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, I read it in that passage, so it was like, uh, two minutes he right. lamented. You know, <laughs> right. This is, this is a period of time. Well, and Nathan had to confront it. To, to bring you to that point, too. True. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, a brother or sister in Christ coming to us, we need to learn how to receive that. Mm -hmm. right. Receive the counsel of a brother or sister who's pointing us to the word of God. Now, if they're telling us, yeah, you're justified in your fear or all this, and they're not giving godly uh, advice or pointing us to the scriptures, then probably don't want to be listening to that. Right. That's a great, I mean, that's a, a good argument for the fellowship of the body. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to rely on good, godly brothers and sisters that can can hold us accountable to those emotions and kind of help reel us back in. Absolutely, help us process. We talked about the idea of processing through our emotions, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Because because they're they're real. We we can't just say I'm I'm an android. I don't have any emotions. Like you right. know, we, we we have emotions. We're we're you know creating the image of God. God has emotions, and all of these are rooted in those things. And you see, we we even talk about this yet, but. One of the greater examples of emotion and deep distress was Jesus. I mean, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, yeah. right, going going to to pray and to, and to basically consecrate himself again to the Lord and to the purpose of God. But he goes sorrowful unto death, right, and and pleading with God and saying, God, if there's a a way that this cup can be removed, but then he, but he yields himself, right, in the middle of that distress, in the middle of that emotion, in the middle of that sorrow, that sorrow even unto death, he says. Not my will be done, your will be done. He yields himself back to the truth of who God is, about to the plan and sovereignty of God, and and he constantly did that. And um, but but he still was able to show emotion. And in yeah. uh, an example, he set that for the disciples. And then you, you see Jesus also, Larry, you brought this up earlier, um, when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But the he, he came and he was sorrowful. He mourned, right? And he was he was angry that this happened. He, he this is it, it causes grief within us. And we should learn also as we we see that we. The, the litmus test, we, when we're angry or when we're joyous or whatever, anything, anything in between, are we angry for the things that God's angry for? Right. Are we sorrowful over the things that God's sorrowful for? Are we rejoicing over the things that God rejoices over? Because that really needs to be what helps us manage those, those emotions. Because I get angry and fired up real quick. And then I, if I ask my, my question, would God be angry at this? Yeah. And the answer is no. I, I better reel myself back in. The I question better... meant, uh, mentioned frustration. Didn't mention anger. It mentioned frustration. But I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know what this person meant by frustration, but I'm thinking, boy, there's a fine line between frustration and anger. I, and I think often what I call frustration is really anger. Right. Uh, unrighteous anger. Unrighteous anger. <laughs> right. right. I, mean, I mean, it could be I'm driving down the road and someone doesn't drive as good as me right. and it's really frustrating. But, you know, I can be really angry about that. And, and I think something we have to be aware of, too, that our, our ungodly responses to emotions lead us to uh, other ungodly things. Like unrighteous anger 
is also, can I be unrighteously angry at someone and be forgiving them? No. I, I'm supposed to be forgiving as Christ has forgiven me. But if I'm angry at this person, I'm not forgiving them. So I'm also sinning, further sinning, by not now being forgiving. Mm -hmm. And so the, this idea of not having the self-control um, has led me to now be sinning in being an unforgiving person. And right. we all know how long that can go on with right. grudges that people hold and, right. and living in unforgiveness and bitterness for years and years. Um, because we just, we, we can't let go of something. No. Um, and so that's something to be aware of. That, and also that, that brings us to another point about that question that was asked. Um, to what extent, right, should a Christian show these things? Hmm. Something we have to be aware of is that the unbelieving world is watching, right? And, and so we're sending a message by our emotions. Maybe it's a, a, an unbeliever that we work with. They see us constantly in fear or, or um, constantly angry or whatever. And they may be thinking, you say you believe in God, but what kind of God is it? You, you have no peace about you. You have no... And so we're, we're sending a message that a God, our God can't be trusted, that our God is not in control, that our God doesn't care about us, um, that I have to suffer through all this without any counsel from him. And so we have to be aware that, that in regard to that question, to what extent uh, should we show our emotion that, um, again, emotions are God-given and we, we should have our emotions, but we have to be aware of how that affects other people. You know, am I, is my ungodly response to my emotion affecting the people around me, including believers, right? We could be setting a bad example for other believers in our handling of our fear, but we could also, I, I was thinking about this, our emotions and the expression of our emotions are, they're also an opportunity for sanctification. They're an opportunity to grow in Christ likeness. They're an opportunity not only for that, for ourselves, but to be an example to another brother or sister who looks at our life and they say, boy, look at what they've gone through with the loss of a family member or mm -hmm. whatever it may be, this severe suffering from something. And when they see a godly response, what an encouragement that is to a brother or sister yeah. in Christ who's maybe going through the same thing. Right. Um, our emotions, that they, they will reveal what we believe about God. Absolutely, yeah. And into the world. And, that's, and I, we, we brought this up a while ago, and I'm and actually going through this series in First Peter, but First Peter 4, 19, it says, and he's talking to those who are in exile, and in a sense, they're, they're scattered all about, um, and the Christians, and they're, they're suffering. They're suffering persecution. And, and it's not going to end. It's just going to continue. So in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of all the emotions you feel in that suffering, the unrighteousness of the, of the, of the, the punishment or the, uh, the cruelty or the inhumanity of it or the, the you know, whatever it is that you want justice, you, you feel those emotions. But he says, he says, so let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves. And I, that's so important that we, we entrust ourselves. Right? It's not our own strength. We're entrusting ourselves, and it says to who? Entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Right. And while doing what is good. So it's, I, I, I'm suffering, I'm struggling, I'm emotional, I'm, I'm distraught, but I'm going to entrust myself, and in, in doing so, I'm also going to do what is good and do what is right and do what, do what God would want. And going back to, I'm going to, I'm going to be sorrowful over the things that God's sorrowful for, I'm going to be angry about the things that God's angry for, and I'm going to renew my mind and entrust myself to the one that's, that's really sovereign over all of this. Yeah. Has it has it all right in its hands? You know, emotion is also a way to call attention to ourselves, right? Now, this can be good and bad. 
we don't want to have emotion for the sake of calling attention to ourselves for the sake of calling attention to ourselves. Right. right. But when I am sorrowful and, and maybe I'm downcast, um, when another believer sees that, they can then come and, and come alongside of me with the Word of God. So it is a way, an outward way of showing, uh, sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. But as, as believers, we can see that in another believer and we can mm-hmm. respond in kind to what the scripture says, to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep, right? So, so this expression of emotion is necessary, I think, for that, at least for that purpose as right. well, right. to call attention to a need that I have from someone. Now, again, this should not be done in a, I shouldn't be purposefully showing this or that so that people will come to me or something. Right. It's like when, when Jesus talked about uh, the fasting, you know, not having their faces all wrinkled up so that and looking all yeah, disheveled so that people will come right. and you know see them and, and applaud them for some reason. So we have to be careful about that. But again, to the question, uh, emotions, the emotions that we have are God-given, mm-hmm. and they do serve a purpose. So we would not say here, I don't think any of us would say here, you need to stuff all your emotions in right. and not have emotions. But we do need to respond in godly ways. To our emotions and with our emotions, right. and to other people's emotions. Um, so self-control is important. Proverbs, we saw this, or we looked at this earlier. Proverbs 25, um, 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. I mean, that gives you kind of a vivid picture, right? Of this, of a lack of self-control, including in our emotions, can leave us open to further attack, can leave us just in destruction. And that's what that's what emotion feels like. I mean, it, un, unbridled emotion feels like a, a city broken into and walls torn down. Yeah, absolutely. And so this lack of self control yeah. will create that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think I mean to answer the question, you know, to what extent then? How do we kind of summarize that? To what extent should a Christian show show what do you say? Deep emotion, distress, or frustration? Now, I mean. Something that comes to my mind is, well, to the extent that um, I can be sanctified by it, to the extent that I can receive from brothers and sisters in Christ the help that I need from them. But we can't go beyond that. I, re- that. I renew my mind. Yes, it. to the extent that, I've, that my mind has been renewed. And ultimately to the extent that, that I entrust myself to God. Yes, I trust to our faithful I, creator. I trust yeah, our, our, ourselves to our faithful creator. Yeah. I think I mean Isaiah is a good thought of that. There you talked about, talked about that earlier. Yeah, the the response I always think about in in terms of why why I'm going through whatever particular situation I'm going through and and looking for answers and stuff and and sometimes not finding them. I come back to Isaiah, and uh, when <clears throat> Isaiah was writing, he was speaking for God, and he said, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And And I always come back to the fact that even though I don't understand what's going on or why, God does. And, and he is fully trustworthy to, to put my confidence and my faith in God and that he has a plan for how this is all work, going to work out 
and and it may involve suffering on my part. It may involve uh, going through some distress and sorrow and and a number of emotions. Uh, and yet, God is still in control. He has a He has the big picture in mind, even though I can't see it. That's right. Yeah, and it's for our good and His glory. His glory. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So express your emotion um, and respond to other believers who are expressing their emotion in in kind. But let's renew our minds in the Word of God and remember, like Larry was just reading, that we may not understand fully everything, but but our God is in control. He's a sovereign God, and He does have a plan. And, and we know that part of that plan is our sanctification and that He would be glorified. And so we can do that. We ask that question in our lives. What is my godly response to this emotion? So yeah. we uh, are grateful that you've joined us and, and, and listened to our, our podcast today. And God bless you guys. And we're uh, looking forward to seeing you again.